One of the best parts about franchising is the opportunity to have great ideas and move pretty quickly. So you will hear an amazing story from Terp Ricketts, Vice President of Franchise Development at Horsepower Brands, a company that has been together for four years, though they have lots of experience, but they were already up to eight brands, including a couple of other verticals to support their franchisees. So take a listen. Welcome to the Franchise You Podcast, where key industry leaders provide education and inspiration. Here's your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser, the director of the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. Welcome to another episode of Franchise You. With me today, I have Terp Ricketts, who is the Vice President of Franchise Development for Horsepower Brands. So welcome, Terp. We're so glad that you're here. I am very excited to be here. Really, really love what you do. I heard a uh, old leader of mine, Tara, a couple of weeks ago and was like, man, I got to get on here and also have some connections to UofL or as we were saying, Lowellville. Right. You got to say like you have some rocks. So I'm really pumped to chat with you. Awesome. I'm glad to have you. Well, let's talk a little bit about you. So let's start with your degree as an old college professor would. I was so <laughs> interested because it was in business finance and corporate communications which is a really different combination. Wonderful, which we'll unpack that in a second. But from college, you did something unusual. You started right into franchising with franchise sales at Anago Cleaning Systems and then Fresh Coat Painting. And then you worked as a bank in franchise finance, then moved to Horsepower Brands as the director of development at Mighty Dog Roofing, one of your many brands. And then you were promoted to the VP position. Terp, tell us a few highlights of this incredible career. Oh my goodness. It is, it has certainly been a journey and I'm, I'm really happy to have fell into kind of franchising. I, I grew up in, my dad was an entrepreneur and I saw him go through these ups and downs and ups and downs and all these different things. Like where you go from a country club to Harry Potter's bedroom type of stuff mm-hmm. there. And I fell into franchising and I, I fell in love with franchising because it fills gaps for entrepreneurs. I feel you still have to execute. It's not daisies, rainbows, butterflies, things like that. It's just not. But it does fill gaps for the good franchisor. And as I was going through after, after Fresh Coat, I met the CEO of that lender and I was 25 and he's like, Hey, you want to come run the franchise finance vertical? We're going to start it. You run it. And I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm like, yeah, I'll do that all day. Let's go. And that's then how I met actually Josh Skolnick and Zach Butler is through that. I, I built out customized financing programs for uh, Monster Tree Service and Redbox Plus and saw that there are people with capital, vision, and they can execute. And I had the opportunity to then come with horsepower and I decided to get it rocking and rolling as the, the first employee. So it's been fun. The first employee. Okay, that's amazing. And you know, when I think about you talking about your dad being an entrepreneur, you already have that in your blood. Mm-hmm. And understanding that franchising is entrepreneurship, but with a proven brand, obviously, and a business model that works. So you talked about how you became interested in that, but how did your finance and communications background help you to get where you are today? I think every everything when it comes to finance is important, especially in business. If you can have just a base level of understanding there, it's huge. And then when you're educated on that back end, it's even more valuable. And at every step of the way, whether I've been, no matter the position, it just helps you. And it helps you to be able to communicate with people in an intelligent way and understand, I think, business a little bit differently. 
And I would say the most important thing was the communications part, because that's what we do all day. That's what we're doing right now. You have to be able to communicate with somebody in a very thorough, direct way and see what they need. Can I help you? If I can't, that's okay. Let's figure that out and be able to just get from A to Z a little bit faster, which again is, I think, franchising. We're that vehicle that gets that entrepreneur from A to where they want to go in a more efficient uh, way, essentially, with that model and process. That makes so much sense because oftentimes when there are problems in organizations or business dealings, it falls on communication. Yeah. Not having strong communication is just the killer of business, of relationships, of everything. When you you really break it down and try to look at something from outside in, it's really it's communication through and just being real with people and understanding, again, what their needs are, how, how, can, how can I help? And then having that finance background is fantastic as well. And it's served me really, really well. It definitely has when I look at what you've done in a short time. So a very short time. They don't know what they're doing, though. Uh, They don't know what they're doing, Kathleen. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I hear you. They do know what they're doing. They have the right person here. So let's talk about Horsepower Brands, which, first of all, I love that name. It was started in 2019 by the two franchise veterans that you mentioned, Josh Skolnick and Zach Butler. So they had a concept of how best to support franchisees, and they wanted to have, I guess they had a vision of a portfolio of brands to offer. And I love this phrase that's on your website that sums up your company. And this is a quote, deliver franchisees services and support that allow them to focus on the things that make them money. I mean, what a great quote. So tell us about Horsepower. Yeah, so Horsepower, our goal with Horsepower is 25 by 25. And that means 25 concepts or supporting verticals by the year 2025. Whoa. It's all service-based businesses in, on, around the home, everything with a commercial component to it. And then the supporting businesses, it's to fill those gaps where they're franchise veterans. I know franchising really well. I did financing for all these different franchisors. We know where those gaps are. I don't think it was Josh or Zach's dream to start a call center. I've never heard anybody say, I love my call center. It's so great and perfect and everything. But there are gaps there because how we grow is we grow quickly. We grow the right way. We have the right amount of capital and support to do it. But then when we look at our vendor partners, if we can't find a great vendor partner, and we have tons outside of that, but if we can't find one, let's fill that gap in the franchising industry, not from a profit perspective, but to help the franchise owners from a top line, bottom line perspective make it healthier, give them better service, quality product, and and allow them to, again, focus on revenue generating activity as opposed to all the other things that come into it. So it's very unique to the industry. We do a lot of things that are really unique from Recruit Z, where it's not a requirement, but it's a, just a much more cost-effective option from a recruiting perspective. As you know, there's some franchisors out there that say, here's a job ad and job description. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, okay, thank you. This is helpful for sure. But this is why I pay a royalty? Like, that does not make sense to us. So we wanted to come and disrupt and be able to offer franchise owners more to allow them to accomplish their goals and dreams. And it's been really cool seeing if you have vision, capital, and can execute, which those two do and they've proven, things end up working pretty well. (laughs) So it's been fun. I can imagine. So, gosh, you said a lot there. Let's talk a little bit about it. So there are currently... I love to talk, Kathleen. I I love love that too. (laughs) I love that. So there are currently eight home services brands. 
And I love the names. Mighty Dog Roofing, Blingle Premier Lighting, Franchise Rocket, iPhone, Heroes Lawn Care, Gatsby Glass, Groovy Hues, and Bumblebee Blinds. Yes. Now, those are brands that can be franchised, and you guys have acquired or started those in four years. But you also mentioned other verticals, such as a call center, a recruiting company. Are those just support for your brands, or are there franchise opportunities there? That's just pure support for our brands. Yep. And it's something where that 25 by 25 includes those supporting verticals. So it's still quite a lofty goal. We're we're well on our way there. And I think a really important thing too is to know when to maybe pump the brakes and take a look at everything. And that's what we did at the beginning of this year, where we were going to probably launch another brand, probably one more than we will. That was our goal. But when we looked at it, we took a look and said, well, actually the focus should probably come back internally and just you're sweeping things up, right? It's like spring cleaning. Nothing was broken, but hey, let's look at this and tighten all the screws. Make sure that that stainless steel refrigerator, it doesn't have any paw prints on it. You know, those types of things. I make bad analogies all the time, Kathleen, so you'll have to bear with me. Actually, you have have a lot you could make. You could have said pull in the reins instead of pump the brakes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. But it's great. And it's awesome to be with founders and within an organization that realizes Hey, if this was the goal, but we can adjust things to make everything else better and still grow and keep that growth and that empire builder type mindset through and through with the organization because culture is big and it's not, Kathleen, I have a beanbag chair in my office. We have a lot of snacks. That's not culture. That's something that you feel and it comes from the very top and it goes all the way through the organization. You're right. That is so right. And, you know, let's talk a little bit more about why the home services brands, because I did a fun poll on LinkedIn about my students' choices. I have a project where they choose a brand and they go all semester and they really dive deep into it to understand what the brand offers franchisees. Well, the four I put on there, there wasn't a home services brand and you poked me a little bit and said, (laughs) hey, we need to fix that. So why would a potential franchisee focus on a home service brand versus a brick and mortar? So I love home services and everybody says there's a buzzword in franchising and scalability. Everyone, oh, it's so scalable. I'm like, anything's scalable. Tell me how to do it. I think the mechanics of scaling a home service brand, it's very boom, boom, boom. It's very simplistic from that perspective. Now, the execution's not easy. Nothing's easy to do from scaling a business, but we really understand how to create a sales and marketing engine within a fragmented industry and dominate that industry. What I like to do and like how we break down brands when we're looking at it is we'll read different creditor reports like Ibis World, all these different types of things. And what we want to do is be that 800 pound beast in the national and local market very quickly. Well, in order to do that, if I'm looking at that different creditor report and I see at the big dog lunch table, let's say, I see Procter & Gamble at the big dog lunch table. Well, when I come up and I'm last at the big dog lunch table and P&G wants to have some lunch and they're still hungry after theirs, guess what they do? They eat mine. Yeah. I don't get any. So where can we go where it's very fragmented space and there's poor customer service and put in the systems and processes and put in professionals that don't need to have any industry experience or background, but they're very sharp. They're very polished from that professional perspective. And we're giving the industry something that it lacks. And that's just professionalism on time. 
Let's use technology to, to impact things as opposed to using a piece of paper or a chalkboard or whatever you want to say for the longest time. And it's something where you're not opening another burger joint. Yeah. It really, you stay true to your belief of filling in the gaps. Like where are there gaps in service? It seems so that, that you are into filling gaps, whether yes. it's gaps in service or gaps in a company within a certain territory. Knowing that, which brand right now is growing the fastest? You know, it's probably still the OG, uh, the original gangster Mighty Dog Roofing. It's the first one. And, and I'll tell you what, from when we started and, and started franchising Mighty Dog, we had an awesome team and built out really well. But the office was uh, probably, it was being renovated like half the time and it looked a little disheveled and we're, we're going and building that thing. But Mighty Dog's the, uh, I believe, the 11th fastest growing franchise brand in the U.S. by Entrepreneur Magazine. So really cool stuff there. And all of the brands grow at a, at a pretty fast clip throughout. Bumblebee Blinds right now is just exploding. But Mighty Dog is taking the lead as it typically has. It's all the, it's the dog house. The dogs, the dogs keep barking gotcha. and they love it. <laughs> gotcha. And you know, I read that at the end of 2022, you had 65 outlets. In the beginning of 2022, you had 25. So you gained 40 in one year. What yes. What do you attribute that to at Mighty Dog? Oh, really just me. Period. No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's fair. No, I'm kidding. I'm getting 100% being totally facetious. I will attribute that to the franchise owners. Mm. What they do day to day, how hard they work their dedication to their business, their brand, and then the brand overall. A franchise is beautiful because it's a big brain trust. It's a family. I make jokes sometimes with people. I'm like, we're getting married. So this isn't, hey, I'm going to go look at a 2004 used, you know, Corolla when my kid turned 16. Um, it doesn't matter if it breaks down. That's okay. This is a big deal. And I attribute everything to the franchise owners. And then to leadership and their dedication to helping people get to where they want to go. Everyone is so passionate about that at the organization. And it's a beautiful thing. Oh, it takes that. It takes that. Well, let's talk about Mighty Dog for a moment. And I see that you provide many support services such as digital marketing, pre-opening packages, et cetera. What do you think are two of the best support systems or processes that you provide to your franchisees at Mighty Dog? I think with Mighty Dog, it's a lot of the technology pieces and being able to differentiate yourself when you go into the home by using that and being able to very quickly let the homeowner understand what's going on, be transparent with that homeowner and give them something that is clear. It's not, again, like the chalkboard or just scratching something down or, hey, it looks like maybe you have uh, hail damage or something like that. It's very we know this, we use technology behind it, et cetera. So, and then it, it's always developing. If you ever get complacent, you will lose. So always continue to get better from that perspective. And I think that's on that back end, the franchise owner needs to, they don't need to worry about what's the next new technology. What's this? What's that? We're doing that. And if we need to pivot or update something or do this, that, the other, we do because it makes sense. And we also have a franchise advisory council. So it's not just something that's being pushed down. Because nobody likes that unilateral type movement. So I think it's from a technology and like a sales focus piece on being able to do that. And then truly, like all of the verticals are just so unique. What we're doing is unique. It's more cost effective for franchise owners. And we're able to pass through 
those savings to them, essentially. And then what happens? And if any franchisor comes on here and they say they don't want to talk about this, I'll tell them they're silly. And what I'm going to say is it makes somebody's top line better, bottom line, healthier. What's that do? It creates a better franchise system. And we as a franchisor, our lifeblood is a royalty. Right. That's how we improve the system. That's how we get better talent and people need to make money. We're a for-profit organization. So everything there works together and everybody's aligned. And it's not unilateral. It's not something that's being pushed down. And you talked about technology. So I'm going to pull this one out on you because I was fascinated to see this. You have a drone requirement in the FDD. It's so cool. So this is like the most fun thing. I've probably seen it a thousand times and I always go out and watch. You're taking this drone up and it's basically it's self-automated and flying Mm -hmm. and it goes through and it's measuring the home. And it goes and it gets from a granular impact perspective. It's seeing what the impact on the shingle is or the Da Vinci roof or whatever that might be. And it's creating this report then, which helps from an insurance perspective. It helps adjusters. It does, it does so much from a perspective for the salespeople. Like when I talk to a business owner, I'm saying a candidate that might be a business owner. What tools are you going to be able to give your team? I'm telling you about our tools that we're going to be able to give you. What are you going to be able to do for them? And that drone is a game changer when you look at it. And even if it's some owners, they always use it, but they might not look at the reports quite as closely. They always use it because at the end of the day, it's just cool. (laughs) People like seeing it. It's different. And you know what else? It's safer. Yes. And having somebody walk on a roof. I think about my roof. Ooh, I don't want people up there. There are certain pitches and grades where you can't even get up to anyway. Now, we always suggest that salesperson does go up if it's safe and we Mm -hmm. have all the different regulations. We understand and train them. Certain pitches, like like you said, like there's stuff that goes like this. It's like, I'm not going up there. Nobody is. So what we can do then is use that drone to be able to see what's the impact on that roof. What's the granular loss over years? Has there been a storm lately where then everything is just going through and calculating? And it's one extra added layer for the consumer to help them make a decision. Whether it's you or somebody else, what you're going into is saying, I'm going to help you make a decision. When someone calls and needs a new roof, they're not thrilled about it. They're not excited just to talk to you. So let me make that process really good and exciting. And that's how we take it through with all of our brands and try to do the best we can because it's customer centric and customer focused. And, you know, to that point, it is widely cool for sure to have a drone, but it also demonstrates that you're forward thinkers. And so as a consumer, there's a halo effect to using a piece of equipment like that and that feeling that you have the latest advances in putting a roof on my house. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, yeah it's just, that's exactly what it does. It's like, oh wow, this is cool because the other two companies that came out, well, one of them didn't show up. The other person was nice, but they wrote this down on a scratch pad piece of right. paper. And oh, I did get a PDF from this other one, but it was still just grainy pictures and this, yeah. that, the other. So, oh yeah, I can see, I can see where that's a definite benefit. So that was fascinating. And then I also noticed that you have minimum royalty requirements but they don't start until month 13. So what's the rationale there? Your first year in business, we shouldn't minimums. (laughs) Like that's something where it's you going in as a business owner in your first year. And we understand business ownership in your first year, fifth year, doesn't matter. It's always difficult. 
there's certainly a learning curve. I think you go through a little bit of a honeymoon phase in franchising, like month one through three, then four through nine. This is the best decision I ever made. This is the worst decision I've ever made and everything in between. So at the end of the day, we don't want to do is say, well, here are your minimum different requirements for year one. There's no reason to put that on somebody. And a minimum really is truly that it's a minimum. We understand, okay, what's that market look like, et cetera. And in a disclosure, what we're doing is try to avoid competitors essentially coming in, buying, buying that business up and then just sitting on it because they don't want to compete with a mighty dog. They don't want to compete with iPhone. They don't want to do those things because they know that we're going to go in and eat their lunch. So let's, let's basically avoid that essentially. And again, as a franchisor, the lifeblood, if you don't make royalty revenue as a franchisor, brand doesn't grow, no new innovations, no new technology. And people will leave because if you don't pay people, people leave. It's really weird. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it's one of those old sayings. What is it like? Treat others how you would want to be treated. I think yeah. in business, it gets forgotten consistently and all the time. <laughs> you know, Terp, you mentioned culture is not a beanbag and snacks. Culture is what you've just described. Allowing a franchisee a year on a learning curve. That's culture. Yeah. So well, well done on that one. So do your franchisees own more than one of your brands? We have quite a few multiple uh, uh, branded franchise owners. And it's nice because it's all service-based business. Mm -hmm. So our idea of scale isn't saying to someone when they're first starting their business, go and buy the entire city of Atlanta or buy 20 territories, licenses, whatever. Because that does not make any sense. And the the idea to be able to do that is what is the capital need there? It's huge. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more than what's in the disclosure. So we limit everybody to a five territory max perspective. And that is a huge area for all mm-hmm. of our brands. It's gigantic. So when you're looking at that, though, let's say that you're cooking on its three territories. Then it's a, instead of spread out, which owners have done where they bought, you know, more than five or, Hey, I have three and I'm going to do another four, whatever it is, but it's a stack up, not spread out mentality. Gotcha. So how can I use the same infrastructure that I already have? It's a service based business in on around the home. Then how can I use that same infrastructure, the same customer base, et cetera? And I just lay things on each other. It's like pancakes. They're mm-hmm. delicious. Why do you think they lay them on each other? Because it's just better that way and it's easier that way as opposed to having five plates all around the kitchen that I have to go and I eat this pancake, then I go over there. That takes too much time for me personally. I want all the pancakes right here stepped up. (laughs) Gotcha. That's a great analogy. So your infrastructures, especially the ones that you are providing, definitely help to facilitate multiple brands is what it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing we also, it's the shiny thing in the jewelry store, kind of something like that. Like my uncle um, has a has a jewelry store. And when I walk in there, I'm always like, gosh, I'm like a dog or something like looking yeah. around at the squirrel, but there's all these shiny things. And it's focus creates wealth, diversification preserves that. And if you can focus on this service-based brand, do it the right way, get it going. Then let's talk about the next brand. Let's not do two at the same time. We don't have anybody do that. It just because it doesn't make sense. And it's hard to start a business and open a business. It doesn't matter if I'm there holding your hand the whole time. At the end of the day, you're going to execute. So let's do it the right way. And we have a lot of owners too that have a, a horsepower franchise and then an independent service-based business. And they're hmm. tacking on one way or the other. 
And we're totally cool with that because again, what we want to do is be the vehicle for them. And if we're just one of their vehicles, fantastic. Let's, let's get together and be that family because we, we truly are. That's how I feel. At least it's, it's really a family type of deal and awesome relationships with people. I can see that. Definitely. Yeah. So what qualities do you look for in your franchisees? So I think there's a few things. It's looking at themselves in the mirror and being able to know every day that they can execute on said brand. When you go, there's that, what's that fun? Your students are probably, it's like that Spider-Man meme where everybody's pointing at each other. Yeah. It's like, no, that does not work. You can't point at someone else. What you need to do is a little hang loose and say, what do I need to do better? What can you do better for me? And make this so that we can have a carefrontational conversation where we're not confronting each other, but we're saying, what do we need to do better for you from a support perspective? And here's what you need to do as an owner to be able to execute better. So being able to have that type of mentality is hard. Everybody says they love constructive criticism or criticism. They don't. Like people just don't. So do you actually like that? And do you have some grit? Do you, do you see that I can grind? And do I look at the glass as this glass of lemonade? Is it half full or half empty? I think it's half full. If you think it's half empty, business ownership probably isn't for you. If you look at things that way, in my opinion, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, you got to stay positive, stay cool, stay, stay grinding and getting after it. So I know that wasn't like concrete type stuff, but it's, what I've seen uh, in my small, short time in franchising of whatever it is, 12 years or 13. Well, and it's interesting, Terp, because you didn't say, oh, they have to have roofing experience. Oh, they know have to know how to actually work with foam insulation. You talked about characteristics and you coined a new word, if I heard that correctly, carefrontation. So yes. it seems that these skills that are more interpersonal and more ambitious and driven what's inside someone is more important to you than the technical components. Is that correct? 110% all day long. I can, we can teach anybody how to put on a roof or how to do the roofing sales. And then going in there and you're looking at those personal characteristics, how is someone going to be able to build a team? Yeah. How is somebody going to manage that team? Are they going to treat the people the right way? Or are they that person that actually does treat others how they, they want to be treated too? And, and that's the biggest thing that, that you can do because we can teach it. It's not an engineering degree. All of this stuff is, is, um, you know, I have these dainty hands and I know how to hang up lights, Christmas lights. You know, it's, I'm not, I'm not this big burly guy that knows how to do all these things. And with brands that are a little more difficult from a training perspective, for example, with iPhone, you have to have some different certifications, et cetera, for your sprayers. Mm -hmm. We have a facility, a training facility that we built out in Omaha in a corporate location where we train everybody, we get them all the certifications, we do all these things. So if there's something that is a little more difficult, we've, we've got that, like you said, that gap, we're going to put a plug in there and make sure that it's something where, again, an owner can focus on revenue generating activity and getting to their business. Yeah. Ah, that's awesome. So what is the strategy for franchise growth? You said 25 brands by 2025, but what mm. about number of franchisees? Do you have goals there that you could share? Yeah, absolutely. So we're looking at, and we're the only franchisor that's started from scratch of franchise location and gone to a hundred open operating. This isn't units. It would be territories or locations from zero to a hundred that are open and operating in the first year. 
We haven't just done it once or twice. We've done it three times. So that's really that benchmark that we want to be able to do because it's not just about awarding. I think it's awarding and selling a franchise. We are selling a franchise. Someone is purchasing it and it's an awarding process on our side. And more importantly, though, it's the owner's side, the candidate. It has to be the best fit for them. They have to be passionate about it. Again, this isn't something that we take lightly. So I think it is an awarding process, but it bothers me sometimes in franchising when it's like, we're judging you too. It's like, well, yeah, we are. We are awarding it. We want to make sure you're the right fit. You got to love us too. Right. Like You got to really love it. So it's not just about awarding those though and, and selling those. It's about being that vehicle. And again, getting them to their goals, helping them to accomplish things. Not that we're doing that for them. They have to execute but we need to do our best job to be able to support that and continue them down that road. Ah, that's great. Well, I wish you tons of luck on that. And well, you really don't need luck because you already have the playbook, but it's really going to be fun to watch. It's going to be so fun to watch. But yeah, you know, Ter- it's exciting. you've accomplished a lot in your short career. I mean, it's just incredible. I can see why because <laughs> of your outstanding uh, fun personality. I'll send you that uh, that hundred bucks in the yeah, mail. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> what? What are you most proud of? That's a great question. Uh, well, I am most proud of being able to wake up every morning to be excited about what I do and work with aspiring entrepreneurs. I'm most proud of the fact that I talked to two owners yesterday from different brands just to catch up. And they're, oh man, like awesome to hear from you. Like they're like a, a, the kid in the candy store thing. It's so fun to help have helped someone get to where they want to go and want to be and it's life-changing stuff opening a business being a franchise owner doing those things it's truly life-changing and being able to be just a little bit of a part of that and watch people's success and wake up every day and just be pumped out of my mind for what i'm doing is really cool and it's good i am because uh you can let josh and zach know that i work too much if you want i love that and usually i ask a last question about what do you wish you had known before you started this franchising journey? But you started it so early. I'd like to turn the tables a little bit and do two things. One, what advice would you have for my students when it comes to franchising? So advice would be to listen to you, listen to the podcast, understand the industry. It is a beautiful, huge industry that people think is burgers and sandwiches and that's it. There's so much more from a service-based concept, from fitness. There's so much that goes into it. And there's so much opportunity from an entrepreneur perspective and also on the franchisor side, being able to, to move up, be a business coach, then director of ops, like be able to help these entrepreneurs. Like what I said to what I'm most proud of, I would play that clip for your students and be able to say, do you want to help entrepreneurs? Do you want to be an entrepreneur? What better way to start? You interview at Yum, interview at Horsepower, go talk to these different things, neighborly, exponential fitness. There's so much opportunity there and there's always a need for talent. So just be driven, be passionate. And it's the most fun industry that you could ever, ever dream of because you're working with entrepreneurs all day. It's fun. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And now I'm really going to turn the tables and I don't know if we'll use this, but I'm going to okay. ask you, what <laughs> question would you want to ask me? Oh my God. This is fantastic. So I've been waiting the whole time. I have a, a book actually that I've been, that I've been going in. What I would ask you is what you're doing, Kathleen, is so unique in education and education is the forefront of our society. It's something that is needed every day. And it's not just 
education, uh, like from that perspective, trade schools, there's all kinds of great things that people need to do to be able to learn what they do. But you are so unique in what you're doing. What are you most passionate about? What do you love most about your job and helping the students that you work with? Because you're really like me, like you just love helping people. That's it. Exactly. I think for me, I had, I always say the career dreams were made of at Young Brands, 35 years of, of a wonderful career. So for me, what gets me going is I want to teach this generation what wonderful opportunities there are and how successful they can be with franchising. I want them to understand the model, but not think it's out of reach for them, whether they work for a franchisor, a franchisee, or a supplier in the industry, but also they can definitely create generational wealth through franchising. And that's what I want. And I want to bring voices like yours, who, I mean, you started right out of college and look at all yeah. you've done, Terp. What an inspiration you're going to be for these students. So thank oh, you. For, it's true. Thank <laughs> you for asking that question, because to me, that's why I keep working. That's yeah. my why is to bring this wonderful model, especially to people that didn't have the opportunity. Those folks, um, whether it's women, people of color, folks that just haven't had the opportunity, that's important to me. Yeah, and that's beautiful. And any of your students that you're working with, if you want to share my contact information and they ever want to talk with me, 100%. I love Thank it. you. Terp, I, yeah. will do, I will do that. That is I'm great. In. This has I'm been in. so fun. I've never asked anybody to ask me a question. So that was a little on the risky side, just so you know. So thank it's you fun. for that. It, it was fun. <laughs> Franchise U is brought to you by the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. For more information on the center, visit business.louisville.edu slash yumcgfe. Thank you for listening to Franchise U.